and welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network. We begin with some good news. Obviously, the U.S. has killed the leader of Al-Qaeda, Ayman al-Zawahiri, killed Monday. The president addressed the nation Monday. This is Monday as I record this. You're hearing this on a Wednesday. And that's good news, obviously. Now, I'm, I'm curious as to how long the media will stay with this because they want to get everybody's attention off the economy and off what's happening around the country. I mean, we're a nation in decline. We're a nation in turmoil. It's great the Al-Qaeda's leader was killed. That's great news, obviously. And anybody and everybody who is connected with 9-11 is either dead or in prison. And that's a good thing. But most people don't know who Al-Zawahiri was. They don't, I mean, I'm not saying they don't care. It's great that he's dead. Most people care about the economy. When you go into a shopping center, I went into an Aldi's recently. Usually I go in there for 25 or 30 bucks. I can get quite a few items. Now it's the same number of items. It's 40, 45 bucks. It's called stagflation. We haven't heard that term since the 1970s. I was around in the 70s. I remember the Jimmy Carter years. And Joe Biden is channeling Jimmy Carter. And I didn't know this till recently, but Joe Biden was the first U.S. senator to endorse Carter for president back in 1975. It figures. What's going on today is just unbelievable. I mean, with the Inflation, if you believe the the, uh, the government's figures, they have it at 9.1, and they're using the CPI, the uh, Consumer Price Index. I think it's more like 11%. In the stagflation word, I'm hearing this more and more, It's and I'm hearing about the Misery Index, too. The Misery Index is the sum of America's inflation and unemployment numbers. And it was a household phrase back in the 70s. I'm hearing that again. But Carter was plagued by it, and now Biden's being plagued by it. And it's not because of uh, things beyond his control. It's, I think, due in large measure to his misguided policies. But what can we do about it? He's the president. He's in Washington. We're not. And uh, we just have to take back Congress, the House and, and Senate. And I think that's going to happen. Uh, certainly, uh, I, <laughs> I hope and pray this fall, because if it doesn't, we're in some serious trouble. We're already in serious trouble. I was watching one of the Sunday shows and uh, had an hour or so to kill. And Senator Bill Bradley, he's a Republican from Louisiana, he uh, disputed West Virginia Democrat Joe Manchin's defense of this reconciliation deal. $740 billion? It's going to raise taxes and gas prices. I don't care what uh, this woman who addresses the press every day, I can't think of her name, but she's ridiculous. We are in a recession, despite what Joe Biden may say. They can change the the uh, the definition of what a recession is. But, you know, two quarters of negative growth is a recession. And the last thing you want to do is increase the money supply, which is what we're going to do here. $740 billion are going to pump more money into the economy. They're going to reduce the uh, the value of the currency. And, you know, Cassidy is saying we could, we could be in a recession. It could cause a depression. Now, he quotes, uh, he, Cassidy, quotes the uh, Joint Committee of Taxation. He says, taxes will be raised almost $17 billion in the first year on those making less than $200,000 a year. So it's not people making a million or $5 million a year. And the percent of taxes raised for individuals increases over time for the middle class and the lower class people as well. They're raising taxes, according to Cassidy, the raising taxes or will, if they get this adopted, raising taxes on people who make less than 
thousand dollars a year. And as far as lowering the price of fuel, they're going to raise excise taxes on every barrel of oil by seventeen bucks, or roughly seventeen dollars. That's going to increase the price of the pump, increase other fuel-related costs. They're lying to us, like they do all the time. They just say one thing to the, the and of course, the media laps it up. But th- the reality is something else, always. We're in a recession. I could get into the uh, the similarities uh, in, on the foreign policy front. I mean, B- Carter had his issues, obviously, with the, uh, the Ayatollah of Iran. They took our hostages 444 days. They had 52 American hostages, blindfolded, held hostage for more than a year. I think 444 days. And they were let go the day Reagan was inaugurated. You know, and Tehran is, is busy enriching uranium to make nuclear weapons on, on Joe Biden's watch. There's so many similarities. It's not just the, the poor economy and the, and the stagflation. Carter projected weakness. Biden projects that same weakness. Here's some bad news if you're a Trump supporter. The, the polls are shifting on whether Republicans think Trump should run again. There's a new CNN poll shows a majority of Republicans would like to see a new GOP candidate as the 2024 presidential nominee. The poll comes as former President Trump may announce his decision as soon as September. Now, he may wait till after the midterms, but it may happen next month. And as Republicans, you know, sound the alarm that nominating Trump for a second term may be suicidal. I'm not one of those who agree with that. I think that Trump's the only person who can do what needs to be done. I think. I think he still controls the party. And I don't think uh, it's I know it's a gamble, as, as I said before, but I think he's he's the right guy for the job. Some GOP members want the midterm election to be about the economy and the southern border and the failed policies of the Biden administration. That's obviously what the, the election will be about, those things and other things. But they are, they're afraid that if Trump announces his run for president before the midterms, that's going to energize Democrats and independents that come out in droves and vote for the Democratic candidates. I don't see that happening. It may happen to some degree, but the economy is so bad, prices are so high, and we're so just, I I think, abroad. Other countries are laughing at us. China said that if Nancy Pelosi enters uh, Taiwan into Taiwan's airspace, they're going to take military action. I don't know what that means. She's going anyway. I won't even I won't even go down that road, but anyway, forty four percent of this uh, this poll CNN poll forty four percent of the people who were polled said Trump should be the GOP nominee. Fifty five percent said a different candidate should be the nominee in twenty four, and one percent had no opinion. Now another poll conducted from January through February showed Trump at fifty percent and a different candidate at forty nine. So there's obviously there's been a shift going on here, a turning of the tide, if you will. And if the field includes former VP Mike Pence, Maryland Governor Larry Hogan, and former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, the vote will split among those three candidates, which would lead to Trump emerging as a nominee if he decides to run. But this same poll, this question was was posed in 2018, in which all Republican, Republican-leaning adults surveyed showed 74% wanted Trump. In 2022, it seems that, you know, that's not the case. But 74 wanted, 74% wanted Trump. Uh, they wanted to renominate him. 21% wanted a different candidate. And 5% uh, were basically asleep. They had no opinion. 
So a GOP operative, according to this piece here, I think I got this off Newsmax, said Trump wants to announce a White House bid early. He wants to stop DeSantis from announcing his own run for president. And in GOP polls, Trump leads and DeSantis comes in second nearly every single time. But uh, uh, the uh, host of the Matt Walsh show, I don't know if you if you listen to Matt Walsh, uh, his podcast posted a poll on Twitter as to who the next GOP nominee would uh, should be. And DeSantis garnered over 70% of the vote and over 172,000 people voted. Again, that was the, the Matt Walsh poll. So any, it's going to be interesting. And I just think, uh, I, you know, I, I waver back and forth on this, whether it should be Trump or somebody else or DeSantis. It doesn't matter who it is. If it's DeSantis, they're going to come out guns blazing, the Dems and the liberals and the media. They're going to try to paint DeSantis as a racist and as a homophobe and somebody who is... Uh, you know, anti-Semitic, and they're going to run the gamut, as they do with every Republican. It doesn't matter who the nominee is. All right, on to the uh, the Pope, Pope Francis. I read this this morning. I, I still don't believe it. He acknowledged over the weekend he can no longer travel like he used to because of his strained knee ligaments. And, you know, the guy's, I think he's in his early 80s. He said his week-long Canadian pilgrimage was a bit of a test that showed he needs to slow down and one day possibly retire. Now, the only pope I know who did not die while being pope was Benedict. Uh, they usually go until they can't go any longer. But this pope is talking about retiring, and a lot of Catholics and a lot of non-Catholics would not be uh, too upset by that move. Speaking to reporters, he was traveling home from northern uh, Nunavut. He's 85. Francis stressed he had not thought about resigning, but said the door is open and there was nothing wrong with a pope stepping down. It's not strange. It's not a, a catastrophe. You can change the Pope, he said, while sitting in an airplane, a wheelchair during a 45-minute news conference. So he says, you know, the knee ligaments, and the fact he's 85, and he doesn't do things the way prior popes have done. I mean, he's a liberal pope, ecclesiastically liberal, politically liberal. He's liberal in every way. He's a man of the left, uh, and that's fine. Uh, I, I was raised Catholic, the Catholic Church, as I've said, is a big part of who I am, but I am no fan of this Pope. Although on the big issues, he has to be somebody who stands up for the uh, for the unborn. Every Pope, or you don't get to be Pope if you're pro-choice, so-called. He believes in the sanctity of, of human life and uh, protecting human life. I'm going to leave you with this, and this is, uh, <laughs> I read this, and some of these environmental people are are off their rocker. Now, it was 20 years and I'm looking at a piece here from Daniel Greenfield, who's one of the really fine investigative journalists and writers in the country. He writes for Front Page Magazine. He's written a piece called Environmentalism is an Environmental Hazard. And it's been 20 years since voters rejected the toilet to tap water in uh, California. Los Angeles Democrats are bragging they will be the first city in the state to pipe toilet water to faucets for the sake of the environment. It's part of the city's version of the Green New Deal. A majority of Los Angeles water will be toilet to tap. Democrats, these, these people are crazy. They refuse to build new dams or do anything to expand water reserves, but they want to spend $12 billion on, on what they describe as locally sourced water, which sounds, you know, let's face it, it sounds nicer than toilet water. And as... Uh, Greenfield writes, the environmentalist elites will go on drinking bottled water. It'll be the city's poor 
drinking water out of the toilet. That's how it always is. The elites have all these bright ideas. They're going to, you can bet they're not going to be drinking out of the toilet or drinking toilet water, but they're going to make the poor people and the, uh, and the homeowners and the people who pay for it, they're going to be drinking the toilet water. I'm glad I don't live in California, although it's, New York State is not much better. Uh, if you're interested, again, go to uh, frontpagemagazine.com and you can look at that. It's uh, Daniel Greenfield. It's a great piece. But the green agenda is, is not saving the planet. It's, a not, it's not about saving the planet. It's about destroying the planet. It's about harming people. They care more about the planet than they do about the people inhabiting the planet. It's, it's of the devil, this extreme environmentalism. It's of the devil. There's so much of it around us here in America and, and across the world because the devil knows his time is short. That's why we see all these crazy things happening. And that's about going to wrap it up for this edition of the Pac-Man podcast. If you like what you heard, hit like, hit subscribe. And share with your friends on social media. If you want to contact me directly, it's Pacman, P-A-C-M-A-N, at thebmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. Thank you for tuning us in. And if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune into the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.